Welcome to a Better Covenant podcast, an arm of the teaching ministry of Dr. Felix Idolo. We pray that this message will bless you and lift you up as Dr. Felix Idolo brings you deeper insights into God's covenant with us. And now, here is Dr. Felix Idolo. Welcome again. We're back on our subject of the reality of God's forgiveness. God holds nothing against anybody. But not everybody is walking in the power that God's forgiveness brings. And that's what Psalm 103 is about. God is willing and ready to forgive us. In fact, the Bible says he does not hold our trespasses against us. He's not imputed it. Is not imputed them against us. There is no record in heaven of your sins that you've committed written against your name. No, God doesn't keep any such record. The Bible says in Christ Jesus, he has reconciled us to himself. But it's one thing for God to have forgiven you. It's another thing for you to walk in the reality of that forgiveness. So Psalm 103 is talking about walking in the reality of that forgiveness. And that's why he says, don't forget it. Now, I want to read Psalm 103 again. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. So he goes on and on and on and on until he gets to verse 22, where he says, Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion, bless the Lord, O my soul. So this scripture, uh, this psalm, ends, begins with the soul, ends with the soul. So the soul is the subject of this psalm. Now, let's look at um, some more words there, because we're doing basically word studies here. We looked at that word, benefits. That forgiveness is like a ripe tree, a ripe fruit hanging off a tree, waiting for you to reach your hand. It's hanging down, it's hanging down for you. Just reach your hand, get a hold of it, and take it for yourself. That's God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness is like that. It's waiting for you to receive it. It's waiting for you to take it. It's waiting for you to believe for it. Uh, you don't have to talk God into it. It's ready. It's ripe. It's ready for you to receive it. And that's uh, the word benefits. And then also that word means a camel. A camel, many times you go into the deserts of uh, Saudi Arabia or Egypt or in the Middle East, you will see a lonely man with his camel, just two of them alone in that, in that desert. That's the picture of God's forgiveness. He will stand with you when no one else will, is willing to stand with you. He will stick with you from, from, uh, from thick to thin, from thin to thick. Through it all, he will stand with you. And will help you and stand by you until you can get on your feet and begin to walk in victory over that which is besetting you, that sin that is upsetting you and besetting you and bringing you down. He'll stand with you until you gain the victory over it. Now, I want to look at that word iniquity. That's an interesting word. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? What's the meaning of this word iniquity? Well, the word uh, in the Hebrew is spelled A-V-N. Uh, it's pronounced something like Awin or Avin. And that word means a legal means to acquire something, a title deed. For example, if you, if you 
if you paid for a house uh, and that house actually becomes your, your possession, then the title deed to that house has to be handed over to you. The deed of purchase has to be transferred to you. So now with that title deed, you are now an established owner of that house. You are legally recognized as the owner of that house. The house has now been legally transferred over to you. You paid the money for the house. The house now is written down in the, wherever in the, the local government council or wherever, it's documented in that place that that house belongs to you. It's your property. So that's the meaning of that word. It means that we give you the legal entitlement of something. That gives you the legal title to, to, to own something, to have something, to possess it. That's the meaning of that word uh, that we are looking at. It's spelled iniquity. So it's a very strong word. They, actually, the English word doesn't give us the strength of that word. But you look at it in the Hebrew, it's a very, very strong word. It's a, it's a means... It's a legal means to possess, to own, and to acquire. So what does that tell us about sin? Sin gives Satan legal grounds of possession. He'll take over in your life. You keep on in that sin, Satan will, over, he will eventually take over completely your life. That's the reason why you shouldn't continue in sin. I mean, the moment you do it, you want to confess it, get out of it. Because if you continue along those lines... The devil is going to take more and more and more and more and more of your life until he takes over. Somebody said, if you give the devil a ride, he'll eventually take over the, the driving. That's the kind of character. That's the nature of the devil. You just give him a little bit of space in your life. He keep expanding and expanding and expanding control until he takes over completely. That's the meaning of that word iniquity. It means that which gives him legal grounds to operate. Satan has to have legal authority to do whatever he wants to do in your life. John chapter 10, verse 10 tells us that the thief comes. I want to read that. John 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So the the thief comes only to, 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 to steal, to kill, and to destroy. However, iniquity is what opens the door for him to get in and begin to do his work. Iniquity is what allows him to get in and take over, to take possession, to take control. It gives him legal ground to own you, to take over your life. That's the dangerous thing about sin. And that's why you want to deal with it immediately it happens in your life. You don't want to continue in it. You don't want to persist in it. You want to rather confess it and rid your life of that mess. Because otherwise, if you continue in that iniquity, the devil will take over completely. He will take over your life. He will take over your finances. He will take over your home. He will take over your, just about everything that you have. You uh, keep, keep expanding control and expanding control of your life until he has you all completely to yourself, to himself. That's the dangerous thing about it. And that's why the Bible says uh, he forgives us. Forgiveness then is the way by which all that the enemy has tried to do through that iniquity can be reversed. It's a very, very, very serious affair. And uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 tells us, neither give place. Uh, I want to read that. Uh, 4.27. 
read that. We don't mess around with it. <laughs> I mean, you have to grow up to a point where you begin to understand that this thing is dangerous. This thing is going to destroy you. It will kill you. Uh, it, will allow, it will enable the devil to get in there and uh, take over your life completely. And, and, and you'll be in a mess. So you want to deal with it the moment you do it. Ask God's forgiveness and move out, move, get out of it. Ephesians 4, verse 27. Uh, let me read from verse 26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. The old King James Version says, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him any place. Uh, don't give him any place in your life. Why? Because when you give him space to operate, what will happen? That sin becomes his legal means to occupy, his legal entitlement to own. Like, for example, when, when, I, when, you, when you buy your house, when I bought my property, the legal, uh, the title deed for that property was handed over to me. Then I had the legal authority to move into that house and take it over completely. That's the meaning of that word in the Hebrews, translated iniquity. It gives him the legal authority to move in and take possession. And so when you, 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 you step into that, area, that arena of iniquity, uh, the devil has uh, authority, the legal authority, the legal right to step in there and begin to take possession. He will begin to expand control over more and more areas of your life. So you don't want to continue in it. You don't want to deal uh, with an enemy that has entrenched himself in your affairs. Now let's look at Genesis chapter 4 uh, quickly. It says, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to him, Why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at your door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. In other words, God was giving uh, Canaan an early warning signal here. This man was becoming jealous of his brother's success. He brought an offering, and because he didn't bring the right kind of offering, he didn't have it do it with the right attitude, it wasn't accepted. But his brother's offering came with the right attitude. The brother brought the very best that he had, gave it to God. God accepted his brother's offering and, uh, and uh, was favorable toward his brother. What happened? Abel became jealous and angry. And God stepped in there at that point and said, watch it now. If you continue like this, sin is at the door. And he's about to invade your life and take over completely. You've got to stop it right here. In other words, God was warning him about his jealousy, warning him about, about his, 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 uh, his anger, and says, if you don't deal with it now, there's trouble ahead. And he didn't deal with it. And what happened? The enemy took over completely, and what happened? He murdered his brother. It, it, it became worse. So we need to deal with it quickly and, and, and deal with it just when it's, is beginning to, uh, it's trying to take root. You don't want to continue in it. So the Bible says, he forgives all your iniquity. Not some of them, all your iniquity. And we've seen the meaning of that word iniquity. Uh, it's that which gives Satan uh, 
a foothold in your life. Uh, I want us to look at that. Then you, you, when you understand that, you begin to understand the seriousness of what happened in the, in the, in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 3, reading from verse 1 to 7, we'll see what happens here. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made, and he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We, have, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said, You shall not surely die, for God does know that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be, be like God, knowing good and evil. So, the woman, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirous to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. Now, you see what happened here? The... The, the, it was a sellout. Uh, the devil uh, tricked the wife, but the Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14, that Adam was not deceived. He knew exactly what he was doing. It was an act of deliberate rebellion against God and a complete sellout to the enemy. And that's the meaning of the word arvin. It means to it means a means of acquisition. In other words, the, 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 the devil, through the sin of Adam, had the legal title to take control of the entire, uh, not only Adam and Eve, the whole world. It became his property. It became, it became the legal owner of it all. It became the legal, uh, it had the legal right then to reign over mankind on earth. So that was what happened in the Garden of Eden. It was a sellout. It was a, God, God gave authority to Adam but Adam transferred that authority legally to the enemy through the process of sin. The enemy took over completely in the Garden of Eden. And as a result of that, the Bible tells us that when Adam sold out in the Garden of Eden, all mankind, sorry, all mankind were, was, was sold out into the slave market of sin. So that's the meaning of that word iniquity. And uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, 14 says, Adam was not deceived. He knew exactly what he was doing. That was what made it a very serious, serious, serious thing with God. He knew the exact consequences of his actions. And as a result of that, he turned the entire human family because he was the federal head of the human family. He turned us over completely into the hands of the enemy. And from that moment, we all became sinners by default. That's how... That's who, that's, who, that's who we are. By default, we were all born into that condition of rebellion. And that's the reason why forgiveness is everybody. Everybody needs it. There is no human being on the surface of this earth that does not need God's forgiveness. We are all uh, in need of the forgiveness. Because by default, we were sold by Adam into that condition of sin. Now, Romans chapter 5, verse 19 tells us, I want to quickly uh, bring this to an end. Romans 5, let me quickly read that. Verse 19 tells me, Romans 5 verse 19 tells us, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by the one man's obedience many will be made righteous. It says by one man's disobedience, that's Adam's disobedience. We all became sinners. By default, 
don't have to try to become a sinner. You are a sinner. I'm a sinner. Everybody else, uh, you, you know, from the natural perspective, <laughs> we are, you know. And that's what the Bible says. And that's the reason why that forgiveness, even when you become a child of God, born again in your spirit, because your mind is still not yet renewed uh, to the things of God, you still uh, succumb to sin uh, many times until gradually and gradually you get your mind renewed. You begin to walk more and more in victory over it. Now, the Bible says, by one man's transgression, we were all made sinners, all of us. So this is something that uh, makes us need God's forgiveness. It's the number one need of every human being on the surface of this earth is uh, to know that they are forgiven and to walk in the reality of that forgiveness. Now, look at Romans chapter 3, verse 23 again. It says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. We all in Adam sinned and <laughs> fell short of the glory of God. I mean, this is not one area where anybody can... Can, can play holier than thou. The Bible says, all in Adam sinned and fell short of the glory of God. So we are all creatures in need of salvation, in need of deliverance, and in need of redemption. And that salvation and that deliverance and that redemption is available to all people in the person of Jesus Christ. Finally, Psalm 51 verse 5, I want to read that to you. Psalm 51 verse 5, I want to see that great prayer of repentance that David prayed when in a moment of great difficulty in his life, he prayed that prayer. And uh, Romans 5, sorry, uh, Psalm 51, uh, let's look at that. Psalm 51, I read from verse 5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. You see, that's the same word. Uh, the Hebrew word spelled um, uh, A-V-N or A-W-N. It's spelled something like Arwin or Arvin. Uh, that's, that's the Hebrew word. That's the word there that's used again. It said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. So is what he's saying, remember we said that that word, uh, the, uh, that word Arvin, the Hebrew word Arvin or Arwin, it means the means of legal possession. So he says, even before, when my mother was bringing me forth into this world, I was already <laughs> being brought forth into iniquity. So the, the analogy of that, you know, those days when uh, slavery was a reality on planet Earth and uh, the Europeans used to come and take slaves from Africa into Europe and to America and the Americas, uh, those slaves were sold out in the slave market and then they had their owners and then the slaves were also allowed to marry among themselves and when slaves married among themselves in those uh, plantations that were, they were working for their masters their children were automatically slaves you see they were allowed to marry but when they brought forth kids the kids were, were brought forth into slavery they were born into slavery they became automatically owned by the slave owner. That's what this scripture is talking about. When it says, in sin, my mother brought me forth. In other words, my mother and my father were, in this, were slaves in the slave plantation. And when they brought me forth, automatically also, I was a slave. I became a slave like them. Uh, the slave, the one that owned them, 
automatically owned me and took me into slavery. That's what that scripture is talking about. See, that's what David was talking about there. He says he was born into that slave market. And that's the reason why he did what he did. And so humanity, all mankind, we've been born into that condition. And that's the reason why forgiveness is everybody's number one need. We all need it. And there's no human being on the surface of this earth that does not uh, um, need the reality of God's forgiveness. I remember a study that was done by Reader's Digest. They went around asking people, what are the three things you want to know if you were with your friends, your relatives and colleagues? The one thing more than anything else you want to know from them. You know what the readers that I just found out? Everybody's number one. And everybody wanted to know that they were forgiven. Everybody. That was the first thing that uh, they identified in that study. They, when they asked people in that study, what is your first and foremost thing? If we had to get you among your relatives, your friends, your colleagues, what is it that you want more than anything else to, anything else to be told by people? Uh, everybody said, I want to be told. I want to know I am forgiven. That was the first thing. And that's because that's everybody's number one need is to walk in the reality of God's forgiveness. To know that you know that you know that you have been forgiven by God and you're walking in the reality of that forgiveness in a day-by-day basis. So that's what Psalm 103 is all about. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. First benefit, first need, who forgives all my iniquities. Amen. Now, until I come your way again, I want you to keep walking in the reality of God's forgiveness, walk in the power of that forgiveness, and experience liberty such as you've never experienced before. The Lord Jesus Christ, head of the church, keep you, bless you, and keep empowering you. Amen. We trust that this message has been a blessing to you. Be sure to join us again for another refreshing episode. For additional information, please visit www.abettercovenant.org or email us at abc at abettercovenant.org.